Agent Power Huddle is a daily jumpstart, giving you all the tools you need to create an amazing real estate career. Led by top experts in the field, you'll learn how to sell more houses in less time while creating the life you want. Welcome to the Agent Power Huddle. Hello and welcome to Agent Power Huddle. I'm so excited to see everybody. Some of you are here in person. If you are and you can turn on your cameras, I love it. Oh, I get to see you. Patrina helped me out. Thank you, Patrina. You helped me out. So, okay, we're here every single day. Let's get that out of the way. We have great topics and hosts every single day. Every Friday, it's me spilling the tea with Amy, um, and we are uh, and we're all your pod on YouTube and we're wherever you get your podcast from. So Spotify, Apple. So go back and listen to this later. Um, they're all out there and available for you. So. Today, we're going to spill the tea on for sale by owners and talk lots about that. I have been a, I am a self-proclaimed for sale by owner guru. I have done this for years. I have called and converted them for years. I first started calling for sale by owners when I didn't know what I was doing. I was a brand new agent and I just wanted me a listing. <laughs> That's what I wanted. I just wanted to list a house and I didn't have a sphere of influence. I moved to a new state. It was only an hour away from where I was living. So I moved from Illinois to Indiana and I didn't know anybody in Indiana just my neighbors and they hadn't been in their house very long. And I was a brand new agent. Um, I had just left after almost 20 years in corporate America. I had just left corporate America and all my folks that were from that world were in Illinois and I was licensed in Indiana. I didn't think that one through, did I? So um, I had to find a way to meet buyers and sellers. And I learned right away that sellers were really important, going to be really important in my business. And although I would tell you, I'm very much a natural buyer's agent, like buyers have always flocked to me and I love them with all my heart and soul, even in this market where it's really hard to get them under contract. Um, I started in a time where I could pretty much guarantee a buyer, you know, I've been in the business eight years. So I started in a time when I could pretty much guarantee a buyer that I could show them a few homes we could find them the one that they really loved and I could get them under contract um, at a discount with a ton of concessions. Those days are gone for now anyway, right? <clears throat> so obviously my language has really changed there. Um, but during that same time when I was getting really good at working with buyers, I also realized that listings, there were a lot of power in, with listings. You know, listings um, are powerful and, and I know we all know this, but I want to talk about it. Listings are powerful because... You can market them as your own, right? Yes, you can borrow listings from other agents and market their listings. But when it's your listing, you can market it as your own in a different way. And you can attract both buyers and more sellers with your listings. And when you go on listing appointments, as you build your listing portfolio of homes that you've listed and sold, now you can tout those you know, prior to that, I was touting what my brokerage was doing, what my agency was doing. But as I started to list and sell homes, I could tout what I was doing and what my brokerage was doing, right? So, and collectively, why we were a great choice. Um, but people choose us as agents. So, in the beginning, when I didn't really know anybody and I didn't have money to go out and um, 
buy leads. I just didn't. I didn't have money for leads in the beginning. Uh, I had to do the blood, sweat and tears work, right? The pick and shovel work to find listings. And I started doing that by calling for sale by owners. And I really did it in a naive way. And I'm glad I did because I learned the hard way, I think. Um, but it was fun. So because my attitude was good. So it was fun. Um, because I all I knew is these people are trying to sell their house on their own, and it's not sold yet. I don't get tied up in how I don't get too attached to my opinion on how long it's been on the market. I don't get too tied up in my opinion of their price. I really just come from a place of it's not sold yet. And if it's not sold yet, they must need some help. And I just think I'm a great choice to help them. So that's where my mindset has always been. Now, there was a time when I started, there were a lot more for sale by owners than there are now. But I got to tell you, I have agents telling me, even in my market here, that there's no for sale by owners. That is not true. Perhaps I'm seeing less. But I got to tell you, I don't know. I, I would really have to go back and look. I, I guess there are months when I feel like I see less, but I see a lot of for sale by owners out there. And I think sometimes we're assuming that they're selling uh, or that they're sold, but they're not always sold. They're not always selling quickly and they are not always priced correctly. So I really wanted to bring this topic here because it's we have low inventory. This is a place to find additional listings. If you are an agent that wants more listings, who doesn't? No matter how many we have, don't we want more? If you're an agent that doesn't have a lot of listings, if you're an agent that's like, I don't have money for leads, or I have a little bit of money for leads, and I want to do some things organically, this gets you out of your comfort zone. It gets you in front of more people. And I hope you get some no's because every no leads to a yes and builds another relationship. So I want to talk to you about my approach with for sale by owners, why I think it's important to do it, and how do we do it? And this is my approach. And I um, implore you to take what resonates with you from this conversation, put it through your filter, put your spin on it, right? You have to put your personality and who you are in it. People buy people. That's what they buy. People buy people. So when they, when someone buys with me and sells with me, they're buying me. So they want to work with me. And so they're probably not when they're choosing me, going to choose anybody else in the market. So, because they, I hit, I hit a chord with them. Um, so Let's jump in. So I already told you some of the why. Low inventory. You know, why for sale by owners is low inventory. So it's a place for more listings. We already beat that down. Less competition when they decide to work with you. If you have a buyer you can match to them, which often we do. Think about the number of buyers many of us have right now. I look for for sale by owners everywhere, but I specifically hone in on places where I have a buyer. So I have a buyer now that has a tight budget. She can afford a certain type of home in a certain neighborhood in my area. She has a budget of 210,000. She is a senior buyer. She is on a fixed income. I can't impact her income. She is in a two-story place now and she needs a one-story. I need to get her something that's worth 
210,000 that people aren't going to bid upwards of 234 because of the kind of market we're in. We are not going to have success with her in the MLS in most cases, unless we get a fixer up or something that has problems. And by the way, another challenge, she doesn't have money for that. Everybody's got some kind of a situation. It doesn't have to be this one where it would be great if you could just find an off market, right? Either through lead generation, or if you could find a for sale by owner that's priced well enough uh, where you can kill the competition because they're not sold, they're not selling, and you can match them. I was actually able to last week, we're, we're signing contracts now, we're in the process. I was able last week to find this lady I'm talking about, a for sale by owner ranch duplex that she can afford. It was actually priced just a little high. Um, in this case, but they weren't getting any offers. And the only traffic they were getting is agents asking them to list. I didn't ask them to list when I called. So I'll talk more about that in a minute, but I didn't ask them to list when I called. So um, I, I'll just, I asked for a tour. So I'm going to talk about that. I asked for a tour and we built from there and it was a good fit for my buyer and we matched them up and they were happy now to be off the market, if you will, right? For sale owners think they're on the market. So you have to, you have to think about it that way too. Um, they need our help. They don't know that they need our help, but they need our help. They don't understand the calls that are going to come through in most cases to them. Most of those are going to be from agents. They don't understand the number of people that are going to try to see the home without proper pre-approval. They don't always understand how to qualify them. They don't have a feel for the volume that's coming. So if they priced well and they show well, or they're just in a busy area, or they just get super lucky, they're going to get a volume of offers that they're going to have to navigate through. And I'm telling you, having talked to a ton of these, I go on at least two for sale by owner appointments a week, at least. They they don't understand the volume that's coming, no matter how much they're watching the market. They get excited about the volume, but when they think about having to manage the number of potential offers, when you really paint the picture for them, most are not professional negotiators. And this is not something that they're super aware of or excited about. They're either underpriced or overpriced. I rarely find one, and I do this in two states. I rarely find one that's priced just right. As a matter of fact, I have a quick story I'll share with you. <clears throat> I sold a house on a block in Indiana, and three doors down, someone put a for sale by owner sign up right after we went under contract. And I let them stew for about seven days, and then I reached out. And um, actually, in between there, they emailed me because they recognized my sign. So they emailed me and said, hey, we're not going to list, but we just want you to know about our um, our property in case you have a buyer. And I was like, great, because what do we do, guys? If we have listings, we're marketing those listings. We should be. If we're not, we're going to start. We're boosting those listings out there, depending on your CRM, through a good property boost or something. But you're marketing to bring leads in for your listings. You can pick up buyers and sellers. So on this particular home, I had listed just a few doors down from the FISBO. We had over 120 leads come in in just a couple of, well, four, five days. In five days, we had 120 leads come in for this particular listing. It ended up getting multiple, multiple offers, ended up selling and closing 20,000 over list price. And that was a great story to be able to tell. So 
When they emailed me, I called them and said, I know you don't want a list and I get it. I may have a buyer. I have 120 people minimum because that's just the leads from this one ad that doesn't count anything else I already have in my database or I may have generated through other avenues on this listing and doesn't count any of the agents that I had to turn down that didn't get the offer. So um, that we may want your home, but I don't know unless I see the home, I want to come tour the home. So they let me come tour the home. Moral of the story is they also listed it with me. Um, it turns out they were underpriced. And here's a funny part of the story. I don't know who these people are. Many of us don't, right? Like I look up the owner's name. It matches who I'm talking to on the phone. I do my forewarned stuff. I know I'm safe. I go meet with them, right? Um, I don't know what they do for a living. I'm not cyber stalking them. I don't have the time. Um I'm talking to this couple about their price and I'm saying to them, why are you so underpriced? They were underpriced by $20,000. Why are you so underpriced? And they started to give the reasoning. And the, one of the reasons they underpriced is so that they would have room for a bidding war. Crazy to me. We don't underprice necessarily by that much for a bidding war. And um, they figured they were saving the commission right? Selling it on their own. They were saving the commission so they could price a little low. By the way, this is not the only couple I've seen this with. And I said, well, okay, but if I could net you 15,000 more after my commissions, right? Would you want to hear about that? Of course they want to hear about that, right? So it's just about figuring out what's in their head, right? What do they believe? And then just asking them a question, offering them, right? I have no expectations. Of course, I want the listing, but I'm not going in there going, you know, they're definitely going to list with me. I'm going in there trying to learn. So turns out the seller's an appraiser in my market. I just never met him before. And I was like, dude, here's my comps. It, now take yourself out of this. It's not your property. If I had an offer at this price, you know, which was 20,000 more. So this was a 260, 275 listing. We actually got it under contract now for 275 or 295. So I was like, if I, if you were appraising this for me and you had a 295 contract, could you, could you do it? And he was like, yes, I could do it because the comps are there. You know, he's just too close to his own property. So then I was like, you know, of course, you don't want to offend the appraiser who you're also trying to get to list that knows a million agents, right? But see, I was the agent on their doorstep. I was the agent that called them. I was the agent that asked the questions. They did list with me that day. It, it went under contract a few days later, just like I predicted $20,000 over. So they're either underpriced or overpriced in more in most cases. Um, let's see. Also, they just don't know what they don't know, right? They just don't know what they don't know. So uh, I do ask when I go on the tour, I do ask them if they're open to working with a buyer's agent. And most of the time they are. And then I ask them what commission that they're willing, that they, they've has set aside to pay the buyer's agent. And just out of curiosity, what commission have you set aside for your buyer's agent when, you know, when you get one? So, and typically they tell me 3%. Now, sometimes I hear two. That's still pretty good. So when I educate them, especially when they're not priced right, when I educate them on what that net sheet would look like, engaging an agent like me along with the buyer's agent and how we could make those numbers work, typically 
typically they'll net more or very close to what they want in most cases, because most of the time I just find they're not priced right. Now, sometimes they're overpriced. It can get tricky when they're overpriced because now you have to overcome the overpricing conversation. That's a different thing. Um, but when they really see the difference in commission of bringing me in and what I can do for them, often they're open. They don't always sign the first day. A lot of times these are two-step appointments. I got to go back or I've got to have a follow-up conversation, but they're often open to listing with me. Um, especially when I tell them, you know, 80, it's, I think it's 92% now, but the last number I have in front of me is from the end of 2020, 88% of, of buyers were represented by an agent. So they're definitely paying at least that two or 3% that they set aside. So um, sometimes I will do these for a little bit less. I love a 6% listing. I do most of my listings at 6%. Um, I do negotiate and agents that tell you they never negotiate. I need to, I either need to really learn their craft or we're not telling the truth because commission is negotiable. And so I know that we're just, we are negotiating. If we're doing any kind of volume, we're negotiating. So if they're already setting 3% aside for a buyer's agent or even two and a half, you know, I'll add and I'll, I'll talk to them about a four and a half or 5% commission. And often that gets it done. Not always, but often that gets it done. Now it does depend on the price point of the home, right? So if the price point of the home is too low, I may not, A, I may not probably prospect them or I may not even go on that appointment. So um, B, I'm not going to offer them a discount if the price is too low because those lower price homes I find are, you know, become a lot of work. Um, all right, Kim's got a question. If they give pushback on letting you in for a tour before they list, what is the best way to mitigate that? So I tell them, I just say to them, well, first of all, I ask them what it is they feel they need to do to get the house ready for me to see so that I can hear what their objection is. Usually it's something about decluttering or getting the property ready. So that before they show it to me, and then I just try to assure them of two things. One, it doesn't have to be perfectly ready for me. And it's probably better if it isn't because I can give them recommendations that will help them for when they list. And I'm happy to give them free advice. I'm happy to, because when you go on the tour, you really want to add value and demonstrate your knowledge. And so people criticize me for this and they say, oh, you're just giving them free information. Yes, I am. I'm going in there and I'm giving them free information. I'm giving them knowledge. Number one, if they never list with me, right? If they never list with me and they never speak to me again, I got to practice my craft. And I don't care how good you are or how long you've been doing it. This is how you get better. All of us can be better than we are. Even the top in the room of any room we're in can be better than they are. So it allows me to practice my craft, number one. Number two, most of the time I've made a relationship. Whether I list that property or not, I've made a relationship. I can't tell you how many forced sale by owners didn't list with me because they sold. someone came through right away after they first met with me or they sold to a family, friend, or neighbor. So the majority of FISBOs that sell, according to the National Association of Realtors, are closely are sold in what's called a closely held sale. Closely held just means that they sold to someone they knew or that they someone they knew that they knew. So the their friend knew someone and gave them that connection or they sold to a neighbor or they sold to an actual friend or family member. So there is a percentage of that that goes on. But however, often these folks are going to buy another home. 
And so I can't tell you how many times they didn't list with me, but they bought with me. So I usually on the phone to answer your questions directly, Kim, talk, try to find out what it is they, what, what are the activities they need to do to get the, it ready to list? And then I offer to help with that process. Like, hey, when I come on the tour, I can make some recommendations for you. It doesn't always work. It works a lot, though, because who wouldn't take some free advice, right? Um, and who wouldn't like want to check their price with me? Although I don't offer that, I know they're thinking that. So price always comes up on these on these appointments. So that's how I handle it. If they really have a bunch of stuff to do and they really just don't want me to come in, I I always set a next step. So the next step. So, okay, great. When do you think you'll be ready for me to come? Oh, I think I'll be ready for you to come next Saturday. Great. Can I call you on Wednesday? Or I don't ask them. I say, I'm going to call you on Wednesday to check in and just make sure we're good for Saturday. And that's what I do. So I also will set the appointment. So if they'll set the appointment with me in the future, I'll set the appointment. In the event I set the appointment, I send them a couple of follow-ups, but I just show up on the appointment time. I don't call them like, can I still come tomorrow? Because they'll cancel. I don't want them to cancel. So I just show up. Um, hopefully that was helpful. So, okay. So setting the, so I set the appointment. So let me go back. Let me go back a half step. If you're like, Amy, where are you finding this Fizbo's? Just Google it. You guys for sale by owner in your town, USA, right? Just Google it. Go on Zillow. Yes, there are still for sale by owners on Zillow. Just go up at the top when you're searching home for sales and change the view to buy owner. So it's still there. I had somebody yesterday go, it's not there. And I walked them through it on Zoom. It's still there. Um, and you'll see a lot of them are going to Zillow because that's the site the consumers know. It's been really, really well marketed. So that's the site that consumers know. So go there. Also, if you do have access to like a Red X or a Cole Realty resource, you can have those pulled for you on a regular basis. You can set your you can set those up to pull for you once a week. Once a month, if you've got somebody pulling data for you, I those that those are pulled into my CRM on a regular basis. So I, I think we're pulling them weekly and then we're calling them on, a, on the regular. All right. So let me kind of transition to and if you guys have questions, drop them in the chat um, or just unmute and say, interrupt me. So. All right. So getting to the appointment um, when most of the time the, the call is this ring, ring. Uh, hi, this, I'm looking for the owner of 123 Main Street. So yeah, that's me. Great. Is it still available for sale? It is. Great. Are you open to working? I just tell them I'm Amy Izzo with, you know, I'm Amy Izzo. I tell them I'm a realtor. I'm Amy Izzo. I'm a local realtor. I have, and typically this is true. So I say what's true, you guys. So most of the time I'm saying I have buyers that are looking in your area for a home like yours. I'd like to set up an appointment to come out and take a look at the home. Uh, are you open to working with a buyer's agent? And then I just shut up. So, and I take the conversation from there. Usually they're open to working with a buyer's agent. When they say, I'm not going to list my property, I go, great. I'm not looking for you to list your property. I have buyers. I'm looking in your area for a home like yours. I'll use the buyer's names too, especially if I have a specific buyer. Sometimes I have multiple buyers in that area. But if I have a specific buyer, like when I was looking for this buyer, we're going to call her Debbie. <laughs> I don't want to use a real name, but I said, I'm looking for the ran a ranch duplex in this area for Debbie. So just like yours. And I, you know, she's pre-approved and I would love to come preview it for her. If, if I think she's going to like it, I will, um, I'll chat with her about it and see if we can come and do a follow-up appointment. Most of the times these aren't flying off the shelves, like the ones on the MLS are. So 
sometimes because sellers aren't open to talking to the agents, um, sometimes because they're being approached just to list, uh, sometimes because they're just simply not getting enough exposure. Agents aren't calling them or they're not giving enough exposure. So buyers aren't calling them. Um, so then I set the appointment. We're going to assume they said yes. I go to the appointment. I treat it in my head like a listing appointment. I bring a contract with me. I understand the comps. I have my marketing plan. I have everything ready as if I was going to list it. I always have disclosures with me that I know that they're going to need, blank ones. Um, and I treat it in my head like a listing appointment. So when they welcome me at the door, I take control, right? So I'm like, great. Thanks for having me. Where can I set my stuff? Um, I set my stuff down. I ask them for a tour of the home, no matter what. I don't care if it's a studio, one room house. I ask them for a tour of their home. I want them to get to know me. I want to build some rapport. I want them to tell me everything they love about their home. So I compliment something. Even in the worst home, you can compliment something. I compliment something. Um, I pay attention so I can try to build rapport with them. So they have kids. I have kids. They have twins. I have twins. I actually do have kids and twins. I'm not making stuff up. Like if they're golfing, I don't golf, but my friends golf and, and I've tried to golf and I'm horrible. Right. So I try to connect with them on things that I see. They have pictures of cruise ships. I love cruises. So and that's that's true. So I just try to connect with them authentically. Um, let them walk me through the house. I ask them questions while they're telling me about the house. Hey, so how long have you been working on selling the home? You know, and I know I can see, but I'm asking them. Um, maybe they tried before they put it on Zillow. So to them, I might see it for eight days, but they might be have been trying for 21 days. So I let them tell me what's going on. Um, and then I ask them, like, so how's the traffic been? How many have been through? You know, oh, and either they'll say, oh, not too many have been through, or they'll say four or five people have been through. Great. Were they all pre-approved? When they say yes, I say, how do you know? How did you know? And they just look at me and I'm like, oh, like, did they give you a pre-approval or proof of funds? Why do I ask that? Because they're either going to say yes, dummy, <laughs> in their head, right? Or most of the time, this is what they say. Well, I didn't get anything from them. I don't know. Oh, really? Hmm. Are you open? Can I give you some advice? Are you open to that? You know? People are not, and I use the phrase out of curiosity a lot because nobody could get mad at me for being curious, right? I'm not nosy if I'm curious. So I use the out of, out of curiosity. Were they pre-approved? That's pretty much how I would say it. Um, and that works for me. That's my personality. Um, so usually what I'm hearing though is they're not, they don't know if these people they let through their house are pre-approved or more often what I hear is nobody's coming for showing. So, and, or they're coming and they're not approved or they're coming and saying they're going to place an offer. And they never hear from them again. They probably don't have the money. They probably don't have the financing down yet. Um, so I actually had one that are, they let a realtor show it with a buyer that we learned later was not approved at the time. And how we learned that is I listed it an offer came in right after I listed it. And the time frame from when they saw it to when I swooped in and listed it to when they sent the offer in was the time frame they were using to get pre-approved. And when I called the agent to say, oh, it's listed and I have your offer, but we really want to go with our plan over the weekend as your buyer open to waiting. Plus it was a low offer um, for what I thought we could get. The agent was great, but she was like, we were just working on the pre-approval. We saw it before we were pre-approved. Don't do that. You guys get them pre-approved properly. 
So these, cause these delays cost you the home. They did not get the home. So we got a better offer. We got multiple offers. We got a better offer and we awarded it to someone else, but we were open to their offer. We accepted it. They agreed to wait. We were open to their offer. We asked them if they would like to bid up, you know, so we included that in the highest, including them in everything. So, um, but that delay cost them the house. Had I not swooped in and listed it at a higher price, probably they would have, that visible would have taken less money for the home than they could have got. So, um, so you're helping, you're helping when you go out there, you're helping. So if you come from a place of, they need my help, I want to help them. And you just work through the appointment with care. You sort of court them. So you don't go in going, I'm going to list it today. You probably won't sign it that day. Sometimes you will. Usually there's a follow-up and at least there's a second step, whether that's a call later or another appointment, there's usually a second step. In extreme cases where they're super stubborn and it's not selling, I still want it. I may offer to do an open house for them. <clears throat> now you got to follow your local guidelines when you do that. Um, and But I will tell you this, there's always a solution to everything that you want to do. There's always a way to do it and do it correctly and legally. Talk to your brokers, find out, but there's always a way to do it. So I often do open houses for for sale by owners that I do not have listed to show them how I market the property and how I can bring traffic in. Those often sell and I often can work out a commission. And when they don't, I got a boatload of leads that I can work through to get other listings and other buyers. So it is not a loss of money or time for me because it pans out into something else later always. But usually I'm able to help them um, either bring enough traffic to bring them an offer or bring enough traffic to win their confidence to list it for them and get them to listen to my advice. So, I mean, I'll take it two or three steps if I need to. And, you know, I stay engaged with all leads until this is going to sound bad until they buy or die. That's what I say. No, not physically, but the lead, like until they tell me to go away forever and never talk to me again, or until they sell or buy with someone else, right? Once they tell me they're with someone else or they have, I see that they've listed it, you know, I don't get them all, nobody does. So, or they've just not chosen me for whatever reason, then I wanna know why, so I can get better or was it me at all, right? Um, and sometimes like I just had one the other day, I did not get, he actually ghosted me on the second follow-up appointment that he agreed to list with me. He decided to list with a 2% company, 1% to each side. I can't, I won't do that. I won't do it. So I don't want the listing that bad. So I had given him four and a half percent and which was, I thought a good split for me and the buyer's agent. He was all on board. We did the numbers. He listed with somebody else for 2% use my price. It's fine. It happens. It's going to happen. So it's fine. I wasn't that much of a waste of a time. I know more and more property. Um, I, I met with him twice. So, well, once, and then he ghosted me. So I wasted two pockets of time. Um, but I learned, right. I did go back and he did, I did ask and he did tell me and I learned. So, you know, now I'll use that. And now I don't feel bad about that one. Right. I don't feel bad for business. I didn't want anyway. I don't want a 2% listing. I got to deal with the buyer's agent. That's only getting 1%. I'm not making any money. Plus I got to pay to list the thing and market the thing because I market them all well and the same. So uh, it was a, it was good thing. I didn't get it. Life happens for you. So not to you. So here's what I would say. I know we got to wrap up, but here's what I would say. I hope this was helpful. I want you to get out there and just 
just try. It doesn't have to be perfect. You don't have to feel like you know what you're doing. Pull up those photos cited by owners. Start making those phone calls. Um, be creative. You know, drop them off a marketing campaign. Uh, ask them if they have disclosures and if you could see their disclosures. And a lot of times they don't have those. You know, show them what those are. Add value to them and see where it is you can create a relationship to either work together now or to work together in the future. Have a great day. If you'd like more information or to get connected to the Agent Power Huddle, join our free Facebook group. This call was designed for the agents in our EXP organization, but open to any agent from any brokerage. If you're a guest and you're interested in learning more about EXP or our specific resources within the Agent Collective, reach out to the person who invited you to this call to get more info. Produced by the Agent Collective Media Network.